Welcome to Tonebenders, a sound designer's podcast. Let's take a listen. Here are your hosts, Dustin, Timothy, and Renee. Batteries not included. Welcome to Tonebenders. My name is Renee Coronado, and with me today, as always, is Timothy Muirhead. Hey, Tim. Hey, Renee. How are you doing? Good. So this episode is the beginning of something new we are going to try with the podcast. So far, we've been sending out a full new episode monthly, and these episodes have been 45 minutes to an hour, even longer, and that will continue the same as usual. But we've been getting so many interviews and ideas for segments that some of these things are falling through the cracks if they don't fit in with a full episode. So in order to find these shorter stories at home, we're starting Tonebenders Soundbites. Now, Soundbites will be released in the same way as the full, regular-length episodes, There'll be no need to subscribe to a new RRS feed or anything. Just from time to time, you'll be getting a bonus, shorter version of the show under the Soundbites banner. As well as this being the first Soundbites episode, it's also part of the April theme at designingsound.org. If you're not familiar with Designing Sound, the site is really great, and it's really leading the way as far as sound design content on the web. One of the great features of the site is that every month they pick a theme and get readers, experts, guest writers to contribute to that theme. Some of the themes are very straightforward, while others are more vague and open to interpretation by the contributor. April 2014's theme is broken. Today we are taking the theme fairly literally and talking with Roth Mobot, a duo of circuit benders. These guys take electronic toys and gadgets, break them open, and then mess with the circuitry to make all new and wild sounds. So now that that's all out of the way, let's get to the interview. Let's get started. Okay, I have down the wire Patrick McCarthy and Tommy Stevenson, two circuit benders who work together to form the duo Roth Mobot, which is both a live performance group that uses only circuit bent instruments. They also run workshops to teach other people how to do circuit bending. Over the course of the interview, you'll hear their music running underneath. It gives you an example of what you can do with circuit bent instruments and the sounds that a sound editor or sound designer might want to get into circuit bending to try and produce themselves to use in their projects. So Patrick, could you give me a quick rundown on what exactly circuit bending is? Sure. Technical explanation of uh, circuit bending would be that it's the creative recycling or repurposing of discarded technology, usually battery-powered children's toys, into unusual works of art, usually musical instruments, by opening them up and just intuitively going in and just rewiring them so they do things they were never intended to do. Just making random connections between various parts on the circuit board. A more creative explanation would be circuit bending is like rerouting all the plumbing in your apartment building so that when you flush a toilet in one apartment, the bathtub explodes in another one. Or cutting up the veins and arteries in a, in a human patient and rearranging all the arteries so that when you cut them, they bleed more uh, interestingly. How long has circuit bending been around for? The, the term circuit bending was coined by uh, Reed Gazala during an interview about a discovery he made when he was a teenager in 1967 when he accidentally shorted out a small amplifier circuit. Hacking electronics goes back to late 1940s with a guy named uh, Sergei Chopkin, uh, the inventor of the Sergei synthesizers. He would go into transistor radios and just fondle the circuit board until he found weird connections inside of it that would make interesting sounds. He'd solder wires to those points run them outside of the radios and attach them to stagey, interesting-looking metal objects, and you just play them by touching them. So hacking electronics has been going on since the 40s, since there's been electronics. Circuit bending has been going on since the term was coined, but it's really just taken off just in the past decade with like the advent of the internet 
and uh, the availability of unbelievable amounts of cheap electronics. It's just about having so much sophisticated garbage at hand, which we just never had such sophisticated garbage before. So what did the internet do to circumventing? It seems odd that something so digital would have a big effect on something so kind of hands-on and DIY. The internet really fostered the circumventing community and allowed people to start realizing that they weren't the only ones alone in their basement hacking Fisher-Price toys and turning them into weird electronic synthesizers. So there was actually other people doing this. They started comparing you know, notes and comparing their, their craft and putting their work online so that others could see it. And then starting to organize festivals and workshops and classes and symposia, really kind of interacting about circumventing the circumventing itself, you got to do it to do it. The internet really let people know that all the tricks of the trade get, get moved around and, and how the community gets organized. One of the things I like about you guys is you come up with your own very unique phrases for what you're doing. So you're circuit bending language as well as circuit bending the toys. For instance, there's chaotic lo-fi, acquired technology arts, recursive jazz, strategic improvisation. I love that you guys come up with your own language to deal with these instruments. Do you want to just go over these? Uh, what does chaotic lo-fi mean to you? Uh, you sow the seeds of chaos. And, and it's lo-fi. It's like these are like 8-bit and less devices. And from these seeds of chaos grows this, like, this garden of plants of, you know, of sound. And some of them are weeds, so you weed out the weeds. But some of them are like interesting. And so you cultivate some of the sounds. And you, now you're starting to like, massage the chaos and um, using it as a, as a source of inspiration and as a, like a data set for uh, audio parts, for not composition, but for like sculpting. Just raw exploration and pure discovery. Often when we play music, what we're doing is we will start the toys up and they will all do things different every time. It's like in a jazz composition, you never really know what the other musician's gonna play. But um, in circuit bending, you don't even know what the toy's gonna do. You don't even know what the instrument's gonna play. Part of what Roth Mobot tries to do is we try to make it clear to people that um, it's fun, it's easy, and most importantly, they can do it. I don't think anyone goes to like the Chicago Symphony Orchestra and walks out thinking to themselves, I'm gonna start an orchestra. Um, but like people come to like a Roth Mobot performance and part of our performance is to pull them in and make them feel that they can do it too. Most of our listeners will be coming at this from a sound design or sound editing perspective, and they would like to grab hold of circuit bent material and pull out sounds from it to build their library, to use it within sci-fi movies or thrillers, and what's the best way to play with them, to be recording them, so that you can pull out interesting sounds? It is a chaotic data stream that we are pulling stuff from, but we as artists can take that chaos and we can turn it into something very ambient we can turn it into something very rhythmic very pulsing very very sometimes really beautiful i have a keen ear for the unexpected and when it comes up i can capture it and i can domesticate it and i can like demonstrate it and then i can make it jump through a few hoops and then i can let it go free again that's another part of why we do what we do because uh, we're sort of on a quest to not only empower people musically and give them like you know wider and bigger and bigger like sonic libraries or you know, bigger data sets from where to like draw sounds from, but also for the layman to get him involved in the craft of audio and to get them to overcome their technophobia. You know, we're on a mission to like demystify electronics. It's really more about just controlling the devices and taking advantage of what happens to come out. We've heard a lot from Patrick 
Tommy, what are the basic tools that someone just wanting to get into circuit betting is going to need in order to get started? Basic tools? Soldering iron, mm-hmm. screwdriver. Um, we've, we've opened toys with a lot less. I would say that the basic tools you would need, the very first tool you'd need, just a, a Phillips head screwdriver, just so you can open the device up. And then you need, uh, probably the circuit bender's most valuable tool is um, their fingertips and their saliva. Uh, you'll always know the circuit benders, because the ones are always constantly licking their fingers and touching their instruments. What happens when you do that, you're actually making your body part of the circuit, depending on how much moisture is on your fingers and how much pressure you push on the circuit board. And you get a real sensual feel for the, the neighborhood uh, or the architecture of the, of the circuit board. And then from there, um, the next real tool would be like uh, alligator clip leads uh, so that you can start domesticating those connections that you found. I would say as like, far as the tool goes, it could be as simple as just your fingers up to like, if you want to get nuts about it and start getting oscilloscopes and stuff, you know, I can't stop you. So Patrick, what you're saying is you don't need to break the bank to buy tools to get into this. Anyone can get in. You need something conductive and a keen sense of curiosity. I, I wouldn't want anyone to think that they couldn't get started because they didn't have the right tools. I have been at parties where we were hacking toys using the twisty ties from loaves of bread. I've seen people use safety pins, barrettes. Just a, I, one of the best devices I've seen was uh, just a drum machine that was opened up and on the circuit board was just a big ball of aluminum foil. You just rolled the ball of aluminum foil around. The toy would just glitch out and just freak out. Is there ever any uh, danger? Are there precautions you have to take to not get shocked or electrocuted or anything like that? Certainly, you don't want to mess with anything that plugs into the wall. So we wouldn't be rolling a ball of aluminum foil around anything that plugs into the wall or licking our fingers and sticking it into the circuit board that plugs into the wall. That's that's a big no-no. Anything that runs on batteries... Use common sense. And if you see smoke, stop. If you see sparks or if you see like little flames, (laughs) stop. If parts of the device uh, or the battery compartment start getting like unbelievably hot... Those are all signs that you're kind of going down the wrong path. You should stop. As far as like getting a shock, I've never seen anyone get a shock. So in addition to being performance artists and musicians, you also run workshops to teach others how to circuit bend. Can you let me know what you teach at these workshops and what people might leave with? Sure. There's sort of a escalating family of workshops. There's introduction to circuit bending, which just kind of gets your feet wet with the craft and gives you the basic do's and don'ts, the basic tools of the trade and the basic components. And for some people, just seeing someone bend a device, that's all they need. That's all they need just to see someone. You know, and for some people, it's just like, oh, you mean I'm allowed to open these things? For some people, that's all they needed. Some people need a little bit more help than that. So there's the uh, introduction to circuit bending. There's introduction to electroacoustics. We talk about like the piezoelectric effect and how to make contact microphones and how to go about amplifying things like you know coat hangers and sheet metal and staplers or violins or in those two classes secretly I'm also teaching them how to solder you know and I'm giving them a technical engineering skill and then we also go into the science of it a little bit too like like what is the piezoelectric effect why does a contact mic- like why is it when I bang on a crystal it gives off electricity like how does an amplifier work I mean, everyone uses speakers every day you know, and just how, how does a speaker work? It's such a simple, elegant little invention. And once you understand it, you can hack it. You know, you can start you know, repurposing it to your own uses. Usually what I find really useful is that the early workshops, the introduction to circuit bending and the introduction to electroacoustics, it's like the gateway drug to electronics and to audio. 
that which they thought was impossible turns out to be not only easy and fun, but like they realize that the world of sound is not just what you hear on the radio. It's this vast, vast, vast universe. And they have a part in it. So that, that gives you an idea of some of the workshops that we offer. What amount of your performance is preconceived versus improvisational? How much do you know you're going to do, even just based on, on what toys you bring up there, versus uh, what just happens in the moment? I'll ask Patrick to bring a certain toy because I have an idea for something, and he'll just go, oh, I didn't bring it. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I don't really ever have a plan, I guess. I, don't, I do set up the rig, make sure everything works. That's it. We'll have diagrams and we'll, you know, we'll have it all set up, you know, and then we start and the plan goes out the window the first, the, the moment something interesting, different, you know, something that's different and interesting to us happens. We're like, you know what, screw the plan. There's a rose growing in the middle of our plan. You know, do I kill the rose because we got to stick to the plan or do I uh, cultivate the rose? And I was like, I'm, I'm going to go with the rose. But the rose would never have been there had the plan not, you know, created that particular circumstance for it to take place. Patrick, Tommy, thanks a lot. You've been really great so far. Just before we leave, can you give us an idea of some books or places to go to find more information about circuit bending for someone that wants to dive right in? Excellent, excellent book is um, Handmade Electronic Music by Nicholas Collins, who is on the, the board of sound at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. He teaches a hardware hacking class at the school. And he's written an excellent book. And it comes with like a DVD filled with like tutorials and examples and stuff. It's really well written. It's really funny. Filled with tons of examples by tons of artists. Uh, that's an excellent book. Reed Gazala has um, a book, A Circuit Bending, uh, Build Your Own Alien Instrument. But it's out of print now. But you can find it. It's out there. Uh, I would say those are the two, two main ones. Those are really good ones, yeah. Yeah. There's so many uh, circuit bending websites. There's like tons of circuit bending Facebook groups. If you just do a like Twitter search for circuit bending, you'll find a bunch of stuff. You search YouTube, you'll find tons of videos by people doing you know circuit bending projects. And most circuit benders are really, really nice people who are really generous with their information and who, unlike any other school of art I've ever been involved with in my life, are just really focused on education and um, trying to expand the community and actually use the craft as a form of like science and technology engineering, like even in public schools and stuff and trying to get kids involved. They're very dedicated, very focused on that. Excellent. That's been some great information. Once again, this is Patrick McCarthy and Tommy Stevenson of Roth Mobot. You can go to their website, rothmobot.com, and you can find information on their workshops as well as their recordings, some of which you've been listening to underneath this whole interview. So head over to their website, once again, www.rothmobot.com. Get in touch with them. Thanks for listening to Turnbenders. Find us online at tonebenders.net, where you can see our archives and leave a comment or a tip. If you listen on iTunes, please write us a review while you're there. Follow us on Twitter at the Tonebenders, or email us at DC, Timothy, or Renee at tonebenders.net.